The Stoic Jew podcast content for the month of May has been made possible by Dan Horowitz, who has graciously taken up my experimental request for an accountability sponsorship in hopes that this will result in more Stoic Jew content. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Marcus Aurelius Meditations, Book 4, Paragraph 37. You will soon die and are not yet simple, untroubled, void of suspicion that anything from outside can hurt you, nor kindly disposed towards all, nor counting wisdom to consist only in just action. So this one was a little surprising to me because uh, uh, Marcus Aurelius does not sound very stoic <laughs> about his own death. Um, uh, you know, he's uh, he's a little hard on himself here. And obviously he's entitled, he's a human being, uh, but it is, a, it is an unusual... Um, an unusual stance, and again, remember we have to remember these are personal journal entries, really. So, so again, I'm not I'm not criticizing him for for saying this, but I will let Epictetus criticize him for this. So, uh, let me read a, a relatively long excerpt from Epictetus's uh, discourses. Um, this is Book Three, Chapter Ten, and it's actually even it's the tail end of the of, of this chapter. And I'm choosing this for two reasons. One is because he or three reasons, actually. One is because I think this is a rebuke of of, uh, of the type of attitude displayed in Marcus Aurelius. Number two, this is a good articulation of what Stoicism views as the purpose of philosophy, which I think is at odds somewhat with what what Judaism views as the the, the goal of, of learning Torah, um, or the goal of life, uh, however you want to put it. Um, and then the third reason is because yet in yesterday's episode, uh, I mentioned... Uh, uh, examples of, you know, talking about uh, fever. I, I left off with the fact that I had some uh, anxiety about there being a uh, side effect from my vaccine of being uh, feverish uh, when I traveled. Um, and uh, this this excerpt here talks about fever. So those are three reasons. Now, before I read this, um, I haven't read a lot of uh, excer- long excerpts from the discourses, but the discourses were written in a way that's like semi-dialogue. So he sometimes will articulate what his student says, and then he'll respond to it. So in order to differentiate, since you're hearing this and not reading it on the screen and can't see the quotation marks, I'll try to do a kind of like whiny, annoying voice for the student so you know what is the student and what is um, uh, what is uh, his teacher, uh, Epictetus. Okay, so here's what he says. But I cannot attend to my philosophical studies. And for what purpose do you follow them? Slave, is it not that you may be happy, that you may be constant? Is it not that you may be in a state conformable to nature and live so? What hinders you when you have a fever from having your ruling faculty conformable to nature? Here's the proof of the thing. Here's the test of the philosopher. For this also is a part of life, like walking, like sailing, like journeying by land, so also is fever. Do you read while you are walking? No. Nor do you when you have a fever. If you walk about well, you have all that belongs to a man who walks. If you bear fever well, you have all that belongs to a man in a fever. What is it to bear a fever well? Not to blame God or man, not to be afflicted, uh, it, not to be afflicted with that which happens. I think there's a typo here. Uh, to expect death well and nobly, to do what must be done. When the physician comes in, do not be frightened at what he says, nor if he says you are doing well, to be overjoyed. For what good has he uh, has he told you? And when you are in health, what good has he told is that was that to you? And even if he says you are in a bad way, do not despond. For what is it to be ill? Is it that you are near the severance of the soul and the body? What harm is there in this? If you are not near now, will you not afterward be near? Is the world going to be turned upside down when you are dead? Why then do you flatter the physician? Why do you say, if you please, master, I shall be well? 
Why do you give him an opportunity of raising his eyebrows? Do you not value a physician as you do a shoemaker when he is measuring your foot or a carpenter when he is building your house? And so treat the physician as to the body, which is not yours, but by nature dead. He who has a fever has an opportunity of doing this. If he does these things, he has what belongs to him. For it is not the business of a philosopher to look after these externals, neither his wine, nor his oil, nor his poor body, but his, ru- but his own ruling power. But as to externals, how must he react? Uh, sorry, how must he act? So far as not to be careless about them. When there is a reason for, when is there a reason for fear? Where is there then still reason for anger and out of fear about what belongs to others, about things which are of no value? For we ought to have these two principles in readiness. One, that except the will, nothing is good or bad. And two, that we ought not to lead events, but to follow them. My brother ought not to have behaved thus to me. No, but he will see to that. And however he may behave, and however he may behave, I will conduct myself toward him as I ought. For this is my own business. That belongs to another. No man can prevent this. The other thing can be hindered. Okay, so um, let's just summarize Epictetus's point before we say how he's responding to Marcus Aurelius here. So Epictetus is basically again this is basic Stoicism here. He's basically saying that the only uh, you know in, in Stoic philosophy the only good is how you use your will. Externals are not a good or a bad. So the fact that you have a fever that's not bad. Uh, but how you react to your fever, how you respond to it, that is wherein lies the good and the bad, how you use your ruling faculty. Uh, and externals you can't control. And when he says about death specifically, he's saying, what, you're worried about the fact that you're gonna, your soul is going to be severed from your body? Well, that's going to happen anyway. Like, what did you think, that you were immortal? Um, and therefore, if that's what you're worried about, then uh, that's, that's uh, irrational. That's not keeping your will in accordance with nature. Um, so, and, and furthermore, having a fever not only it, it's not a good or a bad, but it does provide an opportunity for a good or a bad, because now, now that you're in this trial of having a fever, you can choose how to respond to it. And that's something that choice and that opportunity to practice living well is not something that, uh, you would have had that opportunity for, uh, if you didn't have the fever. Um, uh, so going back to Marcus Aurelius, I mean, he's, despondent for the fact that he's going to die and he's not yet perfected basically right he's says you will soon die and are not yet simple untroubled void of suspicion that anything from outside can hurt you nor kindly disposed towards all nor counting wisdom to consist only in just action so on the one hand i mean he is not worried about external things right i mean those are all internal things those all have to do with the true good so he is right to be concerned with those things but the reality is, is that you probably will die not being perfected, you know, and and death is inevitable. You don't know when it's going to happen. So just like you accept the fact that you might die and be severed from your body or the fact that you accept the fact that there are external things you can't control. So, too, you can't control the span of time that has been granted to you by God for how long you live. So. So accepting the fact that you will die unperfected to me is part of what is what a stoic would think you know um so uh again I, i'm not criticizing him personally obviously he's entitled to feel this way but but if you were to take this you know again if if you were to say to marcus aurelius what marcus aurelius should say to marcus aurelius it would be that yes i'm going to die unperfected what did i think that god would let me live until i perfected myself that's that's totally irrational right um another thing uh, uh i wanted to point out here is oh so I was going to say that this is different than than Judaism's view is that you know our we don't first of all our our, our to us the purpose of learning is not uh, exclusively 
um, to implement an action. I mean, obviously action is a big thing and, and, uh, and the learning should be real to us. Um, in fact, I was just thinking about the fact that, uh, you know, when he's, when Aurelia says, um, counting wisdom consists to consist only in just action. So my gut reaction was to say, well, obviously, you know, Judaism values, um, wisdom as a means of just action, but we don't hold that that's the purpose of wisdom. Don't we hold that there is value in Yediya Sashem and knowledge of God per se? Um, you know, that, that even if you just know, if, if you have knowledge of God for the sake of knowledge itself, that, that's, a, that's a good, you know? And then I remember this Pesach in Yirmiyahu, which doesn't get nearly enough publicity in, uh, Yirmiyahu Chav Be'ez Tezayin, Dan Din Aniv Evion, Oz Tov, Halohi Hada'as Osi Ne'umar Hashem. So the translation is, he judged the case of the poor and the destitute, and then it was good. Is this not knowing me, says Hashem? So... That really, that puzzle, uh, again, not to discount what I said necessarily, but that, that puzzle flies in the face of someone who would maintain that knowledge of God is purely in the theoretical. And Yumiahu is saying, no, 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 knowledge of God involves the theoretical, but should culminate in you helping the poor. You know, and that is knowledge of Hashem. That is the real knowledge of Hashem. That's that's the whole thing of uh, emulating Hashem. Uh, you know, halacha uh, bidrachav, walking in His ways, and the the whole reason why God talks about His attributes, so to speak, which are really attributes of His action, is so that we can emulate them. So, anyway, but going back to Aurelius, um, our goal in Judaism is not to reach a state of perfection, and and such that that. Failure to do so would be a failure of life. Our goal is to is to is to pursue knowledge of God and perfection to the extent possible. You know, and it's the pro the process has value even if we don't get to the ultimate result. Um, so uh, th that's kind of what shocked me about this this uh, excerpt from or this chapter in Aurelius is that he seems very goal oriented here as opposed to being process oriented, which to my mind is is more characteristic of the Stoic to be process oriented and also more characteristic of the Torah, which focuses on on you know, uh, on doing what you can, you know, uh, whether you do a lot or little, as long as you you guide your your mind uh, and your heart to heaven, uh, meaning that you're you're involved in the right process for uh, for the right reasons. Uh, okay, so that's it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've heard, learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Link is in the description. Thank you to my listeners for listening, and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.